Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is Podcast at Ground Zero, your home for the apocalypse. For episode 67, The Day, I am the apocalypse nerd. He is Adam Baum Glancy. And we're going to be talking about the movie, uh, well, a movie called The Day tonight. And uh, uh, we'll get to that in a second. I'm sure we're going to have to go off on a tirade about something before we start this. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty typical. Typical. What uh, what tirade things do we have to talk about today? Do we have any new material? Out there? Uh, well, we could go off on a well. Scott and I were off on a tirade before we even started, <laughs> but we're, but we we tried to get it out some of it out of our system so we didn't uh, spill over too much. Um, uh, not a huge amount of stuff because uh, I haven't been paying too much attention because I've been busy. But a couple things I did run across is uh, well, well, it's actually it's too early to say this, but I you know always love to say this time of year. First goddamn week of winter, but uh, <laughs> well, we got a couple things going on today. This is the solstice, right? It's a solstice, so first goddamn day of winter, but <laughs> shortest day of the year. Uh, we had absolute blackout here in Seattle by four thirty. Jesus, I mean, it's fucking vampire country up here. All right, they are out in force. You know, that's crazy. Uh, a couple things I did run across was, um, well, a couple things. Uh, Game-wise, uh, the Fallout board game by Fantasy Flight, Fantasy Flight Games is now out and available. Excellent. Uh, so people can pick it up. I said I, I demoed it at Gen Con. It seemed pretty good. Uh, it has, you know, multiplayer. It has uh, up to, like, one to four player. So you can play it solo, which is good. Always good. Also, um, can you quickly give the audience an idea of what the board game is? Are you playing somebody from a vault? Are you a Fallout faction? Uh, from, from what I remember, you 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 could play the you have a you, it's randomly pick a character like you could play. Uh, I don't I don't know the deep story behind it, uh, but you like when we did the demo, we had somebody was, um, you know, somebody from the Enclave, somebody was a ghoul, somebody was uh, you know, just a vault dweller, you know. So there's different characters, um, and you're basically running through the DC uh, wasteland. And you're going, it's like it's a hexagon tiles, and as you explore different areas, you're exposing different tiles, different events, different enemies, different things to find. You have different objectives, but... Um, That's cool. That's actually very cool. It was. It, se it seemed pretty cool. You know, it's, uh, like I said, I'm definitely going to get that because, um, as we discussed before, I, I can't get the... Um, oh, the, the, the tactical... Warfare. Yeah. Because, yeah, A, I don't play tactical miniatures games, number one. And even even just to have the cool miniatures, it's like, forget about it. It's an arm and a leg, and I can't do it. Didn't you say it was like eight hundred fucking dollars or something? To, to get like a complete set, it would be like eight not eight hundred to a thousand dollars or something like that. You know, for like everything. You know, you know, I love I love miniatures, and I I am going to probably eventually spend a. I've probably spent nine hundred dollars on miniatures right now in my lifetime. I That's it. Like, I uh, managed to get a couple things on sale. <laughs> I, I cleaned out a store. Well, I, did, I cleaned out a store that was going out of business. Uh, we're running out of those options in the Seattle area, but uh, and I and I got some stuff uh, really cheap from Bob Merch. Uh, so, you know, there's that going for it. But uh, yeah, I probably haven't spent more than uh, maybe a thousand dollars so far in six years. Um, but I could certainly see spending eight hundred dollars in a year on miniatures, but they're going to be metal. Uh, you know, I don't, though, know, what it, I don't know why I'm a snob. I'm just such a snob. 
about plastic. I'm, I, I realize it's a character flaw, people. But because you're a fussy old grognard, so it's got. If it's not metal, I don't want it. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. That you, you can be, you got all kinds of things you're an elitist about, but I gotta admit, when it comes to miniatures, holy cow! What me? Yeah, you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you. But, um, uh, but also, Scott, because because you know why you like them because they're metal. So. <laughs> well, you 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 make a good point, sir. Yeah, they are it's, clearly fucking metal. If you if you can't take them off the shelf and throw the horns, then it's not worth taking off the shelf, you know. All right, I feel so much better. But uh, yeah, because they're resin, they have some plastic and resin. I know it's the modern way to do things, but it's just eh, you know. I, I'm like you. I like nice. You feel like you have something, you know. Yeah. But exactly. But not gonna get that. But the Fallout board game looks looks pretty cool. There's also another board game that came out by uh, a, a new a, a kind of a new game board game company called. Well, they're actually they they're a comic book company called IDW. They're they they do comic books. I remember them, but now they're doing board games. And one of the board games that they uh, have come out with it is now available is Planet of the Apes board game. Um, the game uh, they didn't have it at Gen Con the demo, but they just had the pieces. It's something that again can be played solo or I think up to four players. They kind of did it. Like uh, kind of in a retro style, retro feel, because they wanted it to feel like it was from the seventies. Like it, like even some of the mechanic wise, it's kind of old school. Uh, like I see some people complaining that it's too much like Yahtzee with matching dice and stuff like that. Because uh, yeah. it's 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 a, it's an old. It, they just purposely. It was a purpose, the intent to make it like that, like old school, yeah. and the way the pieces look. Um, I hope the Christ is a spinner. If this is a spinner, <laughs> no, because it's dice, so it's uh, okay. it's it's random. Uh, but it looks, I'll, I'll pick it up at some point. It's, but it looks interesting, and they're gonna because it's based off the original Planet of the Apes, you know, 1968. So they're gonna do that, and then they're, um, or is it 69? I forget. Um, I want to say it's 68 for Planet of the Apes. And then they're gonna do other ones based on the other movies, you know, like then you know beneath the Planet of the Apes. So they're gonna continue on the, the saga, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's worth it's worth checking out. So that that looks pretty. So that's out. Um, I've seen you can get it like pretty cheap on Amazon now. Like it's like you know uh, maybe it's not doing well, but uh, I don't know. But it, it looks interesting. So mm -hmm. the the Planet of the Apes board game's coming out, and also I saw a trailer for a movie called um, The Manual. It's basically it's the character is the last human, and he has a uh, he was brought up by like a robot, like a machine, like an android. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so he has no other interaction with people and it's just because he's the last one and the, the machines is only companion. And, you know, the machines like, oh, in the man, like the big thing is like if there's a manual, as long as we do things by the manual, everything will be fine. So it could be interesting. I don't know. I'll have to check it out. I saw again, uh, where I see a lot of this stuff for movies is a, there's a site called Quiet Earth mm -hmm. and they've been, they've been around for a long time. Uh, they're a really good resource for um you know, when any kind of like, they, they do other things that are not quite apocalyptic movies, but generally their stuff's like apocalyptic. So Quiet yeah. Earth is, is a good place to go. So uh, those are like the major things I see, you know, seen nothing, nothing crazy because I just, I've been busy with stuff. But uh, as again, as I see new stuff, I'll, um, I'll post that up. And then I also, um, oh, speaking of the thing, because we were talking about how it's, you know, it's Christmas season. So you got to watch the thing. So yeah. Uh, two weeks, uh, three weeks ago, uh, at one of my board game nights, I got to play the thing board game. Uh, okay. 
<clears throat> and we played it because uh, one of the other people in the group got it and wanted to play it. And we had a full complement, eight people. Ooh. So we got to play a full game of it. And now, uh, how did how did that play? How did it feel as far as how fast did it move? Did it drag? No, it moved really. It moved really quick because the circumstances, like you know, um, it wasn't until towards the end that we started getting more sabotages and people messing with them. Like we went through the the first because there's like three phases. Like there's phase one, two, and three. So we didn't have we think we were successful in all our missions and things weren't going wrong. We were defeating the bad guys. So things were going pretty quick, you know? Mm -hmm. So we weren't slowed down because as like, as things go wrong, you wind up getting slow. There's like a meter and you wind up getting slowed down. So that was different than the demo. The demo, we kept on getting like screwed up. So, uh, so it went pretty quick, but as it got towards the end, that's when it started getting tense because we're like, okay, well, we just had this happen and that happened. Okay, you, you, and you were there, so it had to be you and this and that, and you, and you didn't want to do this, or this must be you. We need to tie him up. We need to do this blood test. People started getting like paranoid, so it was pretty cool, you know. But uh, wow. yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but we ultimately lost, um, unfortunately, on my decision. Oh, because you were actually the thing again? No, I was not. Uh, and we wound up having three things because you, you could get with an eight player game, you will have two to three things, just depending on how the cards get drawn. So we had three, and uh, actually, one of the last somebody who was a thing made me the last captain, and I got to make the decision on who gets blood tested and who gets to stay and who gets to go. I found like at least one of the things, um, and then we made I made a decision. Uh, like who gets to come and who gets to go, and a thing got on got on the only on the helicopter, so we lost because oh they played it up oh. pretty good. Damn, but uh, right. but it's good. It's definitely much better play when you have a lot of people because you get so much more cross interaction. You know, yeah. No, I can imagine that because it's yeah that the more people, the more people. The more people to distrust. I mean, the whole point is it's a fuck your neighbor game or get fucked by your neighbor game. And the more neighbors you have, just, you know, the more intense it'll be. Yep. Secret secret identity, you know, hidden you know, the hidden identity. So it um mm -hmm. it was pretty good. So uh, so I so I thoroughly enjoyed that. So uh but that's all I really got. Nothing nothing heavy this time. And uh I know a couple of people have emailed about uh the contest, which I said I was gonna post. I'm going to, I just haven't had a chance to I've been just busy, so but I'm going to post a, a transmission from the bunker with the contest rules. Some people send it, send us some short stories. Actually, somebody sent me something that uh, I think I've gotten like two of them so far. Is I'm not going to reveal, but it's really clever. I really <laughs> like what they did. So unless some, so unless somebody can top that, you know, um, I don't know. It's like, so, you know, because I just, I just like, I'm like, you know, I, 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 want, I don't want to say it on the air, but. Um, all right, all right. Let's not jinx it. Yeah, let's not jinx them, but uh, I'll get it open to other people. I promise uh, in the, before the end of the year, I'll post something, folks, because they said, you got this, I got work, I got the holidays, I've got, I'm going to relatives. This, I, I just, I'm, just, I'm yeah. just too busy. So. Yeah, I, I, my holidays are fucked too. It's all holidays, it's travel, it's a birthday, it's the wife's birthday, it's surgery. Oh. Yeah. It's happening just a just a couple more days. Uh, yeah, the, it's busy. Yeah, it gets real life sucks. Yeah, it really does. Again, I, I keep on thinking how I want to go back to you know the Stranger Thing days when I was that age and how I had no responsibility and all I had was fun. You know, yeah, 
Yeah, it didn't seem like it. It seemed like nothing but restrictions. Ha, 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 ha. Little did you know. Did, did you watch the second season, by the way? I have finished the second season of Stranger Things. We can uh, – I, I am uh, – I thought – do I? Do we spoil anything? Do we care? It's not, uh, it's not apocalyptic. Do we really talk about it on this show? Yeah. Do we go off a topic all the time? That's a good it's, point. We have no discipline. No we discipline. have no discipline. Uh, you know what? I was very pleased that they. Oh, but, uh, by, by the way, but, wait, wait, wait. By the way, folks, uh, we'll give the standard spoiler alert. But if you watch the show, you should know the whole damn show is a spoiler. So yeah. just yeah. I'll say this much: um, they confounded my expectations, my '80s expectations on Paul Reiser, right? Yes. We, we know who Paul Reiser is. Paul Reiser. I don't care what TV show he was on, what sitcom, you know, he's, he's always going to be Burke to Burke. us. He's always Burke. He's always going to be Burke to us. So by putting him in there, that was a smart 80s move to confound our expectations. You know, I thought it was a and, – and frankly, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Sean Astin. Yeah. Um, Sean Astin confounded my expectations. He did you know, a good job. He did a great they, job. They set him up in one way, and he delivered. And they and they 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 changed stuff because it was him. Oh, did they? Good. Yeah, I've read. They changed like a lot of the out. Some of the original outcome of that character changed because it was him and the way he was performing. You know, it was it's like okay, we got to change this. You know. Yeah. So. Oh, and he made a lot of references. He made Goonie references. You know. You know. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> so I really appreciated the way that they confounded, uh, you know, some of the expectations from our 80s thinking on some of that stuff. That was really well done. Um, I, uh, yeah, generally, um, generally was pretty happy with it. Uh, I, I, I like the, the further character development of the characters, you know. Yes. You know, they got more in-depth with them, which I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Instead Absolutely. Of because you know, the first time it's like, yeah, they go to get the only, uh, uh, the only, like the, you know, the I, I kind of, uh, I'm kind of partially in the boat. Like, some there's the one episode that was very, it seems out of place compared to some of the other episodes. But I understand that it was important for the development of the character. You know why oh, they had to, why oh, they had oh, to do it. You mean the episode where we followed Eleven mm -hmm. for that whole episode? Yeah, to Chicago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. They're setting up something for a future, future season. It's going to be all about that. Yep, but uh, you know, I, I understand why they did it. You know, it's like it, uh, for me, it was one of the weaker episodes. But uh, you know, but again, it was it, you needed that for the character's development for this for the character to get to the point that they need to get to. You needed that um, that catalyst to to move them along. So agree, agree. But uh, hold on, hold on. I told, I told you it was peppers, but um, <laughs> the peppers are back. They're 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 coming back to haunt me, uh, folks. Don't eat pabano peppers before you're going to do a show, you know. So because it uh, important you know, you gone. Um, Speaking of Ghostbusters, which I was super thrilled with all the Ghostbusters references in 1980. They, the, these kids would be over Star Wars. Star Wars was when they were five or five when they were six. You know. Uh well, they were or younger. Well the, well, the characters were, should have been 12 to 13 in this episode, and that was 1984. So Star, Star, Star Wars was seven, seven years ago, so they would have been they would have been seven or eight, you know. 
yeah, they've been they are they're over they've had their Star Wars turn. Well, know? no. Well, uh, no, Empire came out in eight, uh, 80, so so they would have True. been they would have been about 10 when Empire came out and Return of the Jedi came out in 83, which is the previous year. Yeah. So, but they so they had a Millennium Falcon or whatever, but the latest thing Ghostbusters. That was a really nice touch. Yeah. But you know, but that but by the uh, time by the time I was that because uh, in the timeline with those characters like I think in the first season they were in seventh grade, or se- I think they were seventh grade. Um, I would have been like in ninth, so I wasn't that much older than them. At that point, I was I was pretty much now mind you, I was a Star Wars fanatic when that came out, even through Empire. But yeah. all of a sudden, my interest dropped. I did I did I did not even see Jedi in the theaters. I never saw in the theater. I so did not care about Jedi at that point. Huh. Yeah, well, don't worry. Jedi finished it off for, for me pretty hard with those fucking Ewoks. In the, <laughs> and then when I thought I couldn't suffer anymore, they came back and brought up Jar Jar Binks. And in the words of uh, Tim Beasley, uh, was it uh, compared to Jar Jar Binks, the Ewoks were fucking shaft. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, that's, this, this hopped up version of a toy advert, uh, but um, <laughs> but yeah, but I get it because I was over I was over Star Wars at that point. I didn't yeah. care. I didn't care anymore. You know, um, even though I was, you know, those kids pretty much. Um, that mentality of the science fiction. I was, you know, speak of the thing. The thing came out in 1982. I was 13. I saw that when I was 13. You know, I'm watching things like you know radar movies like The Thing, The Road Warrior, uh, all that stuff. You know. Conan, you know, so I was beyond the Star Wars at that point. I was into, oh, you know, you know. I, I think I don't think I had to wait till uh, I think I had to wait till HBO and sneak it when my parents weren't looking to see Conan. But um, no, I saw that in the theaters. But anyway, let's let's go back. It, it seems like apocalypse. Yeah. We're talking about the apocalypse. Yeah, Can this I- uh, this episode has kind of become you know off topic episode, not the uh, not an actual movie. So let's let's make let's go let's let's hone in here on the day. The day, folks, right there, if you could see that. Mm-hmm. The day, <clears throat> which also stars... Um, speaking of Lord of the Rings and... Speaking of Sean Astin, it, it has um, uh, Dominic uh, Monaghan? Is that his Monahan. last name? Monaghan. Uh, Dominic Monaghan's in it. So, what was, what was he, Pippin or Mary? I can't remember, but... Um, oh, I think he's Pippin, I think. Yeah, so... So we had a Hobbit in this movie, but uh, uh, let me pull up the info here. The film, uh, the film, uh, the day uh, was a it was a Canadian film. It's funny how the Canadians do a lot of post-apocalyptic films. Um, so it was a Canadian film, 2011. It was originally released in the fall 2011. Did not come out to the states until uh, August of 2012. So I can't believe it's been five years since I saw that. I so I so I actually saw it in the theaters. It was only released in twenty nine theaters in the United States. Wow, you saw it in the theater? Yeah, it was twenty nine theaters in the U.S. It was playing in Miami, uh, North Miami. So it was about a forty five. It was a forty five minute drive for me to go to the movie theater to see it because I was like, okay, I got to see this movie. It was only playing there. Mm-hmm. So I I saw that in the theater. You know, I, I dragged Nancy down there. And um, we saw that in the, th- in the theater. So, um, so yeah, it came out in 2012. Uh, the basic premise of the movie is it, it starts off after the apocalypse. Uh, it starts off, you're focused on a group of uh, 
five survivors traveling through, you know, a bleak wasteland, you know, of course, looking for food, shelter, and they're and they always seem to be tense and on the run because they're um, they're running from one of the uh, well, not they're not running, but they're on the lookout for one of the you know predominant um, post-apocalyptic tropes. Yeah, yeah. Well, they refer to them as tribes. You the, know what I mean? The they, tribes. They they, they 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 the big problem is now the tribes, who are the new primitives. And the tribes are you know well. We're going to spoil some stuff, but uh, you can find out. It's basically cannibals. So, gangs, uh, of cannibals. gangs of cannibals. Because the environment's pretty bleak, and um, it's I, it's it's at least ten years after whatever event happened. Yeah, they say that at some point that we're ten years into the problem. Uh, over ten years. So, but I don't think it's like fifteen. It's probably like maybe. 11 years or so, but it's, they said over 10. So we're 10 years into this event, uh, whatever it was. Uh, they don't really, they don't talk about it. They don't say no, what it is. No, they don't say nuclear, biological, but I tell you, there's that one thing where the girl says, you know, you two are on uh, tracking duty, and someone's response is like, we haven't seen any game in two years. Birds. Birds, you know. Um, we haven't seen any birds in two years. Uh, which to me also implies they may be short of other things to eat as well if they haven't seen any birds. So it's it's bad news. It's 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 uh, it reminds me a little bit of the the road in mm. that. Oh yeah, because because if it's because normally birds are one of those things that will thrive. Like if you've ever watched any of those, um, we should cover those one day. Is those Life After People shows. Remember they had those on uh, History Channel like 10 years ago? Oh, yeah, um, great shows. Those are great. I got all they talk about. And I've also read other books uh, at the time related to that, like um, The World Without Us. And there's some other movies they talk about how, like if you remove man from the equation, how things will uh, just start to grow in population. And animals are one of those things that will grow, especially birds. You know, like we wiped out bird populations, like pigeons and stuff in the nor in northeast, in the northeast, you know, with all those punt guns and, you know, the ducks and quail, all that stuff, we wiped out those populations because they were, like, so thick, you know, and then, you know, if you but if you remove, um, you know, electrified power cables and, you know, mankind, they will, you know, the, you know, the populations will increase. So if 10 years after that there's not massive uh, flocks of birds and other wild animals, there's some other bigger problem that happened because it's not like, Okay, we're eating all of them because apparently a lot of people have died as well. So it's not like all of a sudden the power went off and we eat, ate everything. A lot of people died on top of that. So something probably caused a lot of the animals to die off as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, whatever the environmental disaster is, it's caused mass extinctions, not just amongst humans, but amongst all populations. Yeah, because they, you know, they're like looking for track. They said looking for tracks, and they they feel it's kind of useless, you know. So, uh, so who knows what it is? Which is which is why we have cannibals. We're ten years in. Um, they've got these seeds with them that they're talking about. One day we'll get to plant these seeds when we find a piece of land that's worth anything, which implies that maybe there's something wrong with the soils or something, you know. Um, yeah, so. They've given us, a, at least they have the right timeline for a descent into cannibalism. We've often talked about how cannibalism being one of the great Boom. tropes. Yeah. One of the great yeah. tropes of, of, uh, of uh, uh, post-apocalyptic fiction. 
Um, why does that happen so fast? It's like, you know, uh, and this, this, you know, much like the road gives us, yeah, we're 10 years into it. They've run out of everything else, you know? Oh yeah. Cause most, a lot of these post-apocalyptic scenarios are like, all of a sudden it's like, well, the lights went out. I better start eating my neighbors. You know, it's like, they, you know, they haven't even run out of anything yet. So. Yeah. yeah certainly didn't, was it cannibalism in that German, uh, uh, film about uh, global warming. Oh, where, um, everyone's, where everyone's trying to get to the Bavarian Highlands, the mountains. The to, uh, hell, hell, yeah. Wasn't there uh, cannibalism involved in that? Uh, yes, yes, there was. Yeah. But it didn't. But again, it was like, how fast did this happen? You know, it just it it seemed like it was super fast. Well, I think in hell, I think it'd been going on for a while though. They so. they're in a car. They're trying to relocate from the. From well, crops. Well, crop. Well, 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 crops couldn't grow. It was so hot. Yes. All right. Yeah. Um, but they get to the highlands and I'm like, well, why aren't you assholes in the mountains trying to grow something? You just went straight to cannibalism, huh? Okay. Um, but, uh, these guys, and another thing about cannibals is, which we learned from the colony is that as soon as you become a cannibal, you get superpowers. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah. Remember that you get, you get filed teeth. You can crawl through air vents. Uh, you can jump like 15 feet through the air. And you get at least two comebacks. When the heroes think you're dead, you can jump up again at least, you know, two more times and go, bah. You know, huh. that's, that's, well, that's pretty standard cannibal uh, superpowers. Well, I better, I better start eating people then. <laughs> Remember, Tuesday is Soylent Green Day. Today is Tuesday. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, but the cannibals were not, um, not totally stupid. No, it's nice. They, they, they were stupid. They seemed this very matter of fact about stuff. Yeah. Um, there was a little bit of mugging for the camera in some cases. Mm. I, I did like the one thing is like where the one guy got killed by a trap and they're like, the cannibals show up and they're like, Hey, uh, just give us the one guy. We'll catch you guys some other day. I mean, what are you going to do with him? He's dead. What do you do? Carry him away? You know, you bury him. We'll just dig him up. I mean, just, you know, just give us the one guy. And I thought, well, that's pretty reasonable for a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know. Um, Which I wouldn't believe a word he says because as soon as you come out, they're going to, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, at least they tried to act like we're totally reasonable animals, I guess. And something else I noticed, um, they make the comment when they, that when, when they end up having a conflict with the cannibals about how, well, we've killed some of them. Shouldn't that feed them for a month? Why are they still after us? But do you remember the first time you see the cannibal camp? Yes. Do you remember what the leader is doing? He's over some graves. Oh, yeah. He's over these graves, which made me think, I don't know that these cannibals eat their own. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Maybe they just put the bones there. Yeah, maybe. but uh, because, it, because, because of something that happened, and let's, let's not reveal too much. All right, all right, all right. That story was from a different tribe. The story that character told was from a different tribe than this tribe. That this tribe might have different rules about who goes in the stew pot and who doesn't. Well, uh, if you have no food, meat is meat, though. It might get, well, you know, the one I always remember is the road, where 
they shoot that one guy on the side of the road and run off. And when they come back, the only thing they find left is his guts. They, oh, yeah. They, 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 before those other cannibals pulled out, they just fucking cleaned him like a deer carcass. You know? And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's fucked. You know, that's super upper, that's uppercase fucked. Yeah, exactly. That there's, that it's just so like, oh, Bob died. Well, let's just cut him up because we're going to eat him. You know, he's sentient, intelligent. He's not just a cattle, you know. Yeah. Just, he just, okay, meat. Um, but, I, but I guess when you're in that world where you're that desperate where there is absolutely nothing, I mean, I, I guess it's, it's, I, I, I mean, it's, it's hard for in our modern cushy society to, unless you're, you know, a serial killer, to get into that man, mentality of, well, I'm going to eat people. It's like, but I guess when you're in a situation where there is absolutely nothing, it's like, well, gonna, I, gonna, I, eat, I eat Bob or I die. Yeah, I'm going to presume, well, you know, the, the place you find that in real life is 19th to 20th, early 20th century shipwrecks. Um, there's a lot of case law. In, in which, strangely enough, ran across on the law of the sea, and boy, they 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 were very careful about defining when you could and could not eat your fellow shipwreck victims, you know, because that that came up. That was just the thing that happened. Um, oh, well, look, uh, well, look at the the famous uh, plane crash in the seventies. You know, where yeah. it was like it was the soccer was it the soccer team? Yeah, it's Ecuadorian or Uruguayan soccer team. You know, the plane correct. crashed in the mountains, and they had to like they had to eat each other. They had to eat this, you know, the dead to survive. Yeah, yeah. They didn't draw lots or anything. It was just plenty of people died in the plane crash, and because they were at such a high altitude, they didn't rot. They were they were frozen bodies, so the 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 they didn't lose that potential to the environment. If it had been the jungle, those bodies would have spoiled by the time they got hungry enough to make the decision. Yeah, and they wouldn't have been able to. And they would have died, or they would have had to, or they could have ended up murdering each other. But they were they they in a sense looked out a little bit that they were able to live off the casualties from the plane crash. Lucky them, you get to eat your fellow passengers. You know, and they got enough guys, enough strength to go get help. You know, um, it's uh, it's back to Truckee Lake and the Donner Party. You know, yeah. Uh, but so cannibals. Um, so, uh, we're going to talk more about like the, uh, characters, the setting, um, what things about this movie ticked your boxes on post-apocalyptic survival scenarios, because this movie isn't about relationships. There's no, there, I mean, there's no, there, I mean, it's not like there's a romance. There's no, there's no, no framing romance. Um, there are relationships between the characters. Uh, there is no overarching mission. Like we've got to get these seeds to, you know, to somewhere. Uh, the the thing with the seeds is just like this weird little piece of hope that the one guy that, that Dominic Moynihan kind of uses to motivate people. But there's no real the resolution to that is not part of this story. They they it, just they just seem to be on a day. They're just like in a day to day. Okay, we got to get out of here. We got to do this. We have to do that. We got to yeah. keep moving because apparently the roaming cannibal tribes must be everywhere if they're constantly, they're afraid that they're going to run into them, you know? Yeah. yeah. That they're pushing 20 miles a day uh, with a sick guy. And because one of the characters gets sick, they have to, it slows them down. They seek shelter, get out of the cold, get out of the rain. And, and uh, the, it's, so the movie seemed to also take place. Well, it was filmed in Canada, but 
it was probably kind of Midwestish, I would think, right? Kind of like oh, yeah. the, it looked they, like they were. It looked like they were aiming for the Great Plains, like Nebraska, um, Kansas. I mean, and there's plenty of that in Canada. If they go to Manitoba or Saskatchewan, they get a lot of the same countryside, and then that's what it looked like: farmhouses on rolling countryside with some trees, but a lot of big open fields. You know, uh, they uh, they shot it with kind of a washed out uh, look. You know, so it uh, it kind of had almost a black and white feel to it, but uh, just, yeah, just it was right. yeah, it wasn't quite black and white. Uh, but it was very washed out. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like the dynamic of the characters are, you know, or like they, you know, cause they, like they get along. Like, I think the, like the primary characters were like all friends from high school. Yeah. There's so three. Just, yeah. There's three guys who are friends from high school. One girl who had joined them for years and one woman who had joined them maybe weeks before. Yeah. Recently. And they, they said at one point their party was larger. You know, Twelve. Twelve. And they, they lost, yeah. They've lost them over the years. You know, kind of reminds me of uh, Dawn of the Dead, the remake, you know, the 2004. He's like, you know, we tried to cross the highway. What was he like? Back, back when there was 10 of us or something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. That didn't work out so hot. No. Um, the, uh, the, one of the things that really I liked was when Dominic Moynihan makes them do their inventory. Yeah. Um, and they discipline. also showed them... Dis yeah. Discipline. He tries to keep things disciplined in, yeah. in order. Because yeah. they, they've been in this they've been in this shit a long time. Yeah. And they have a protocol that they're constantly trying to follow. Um, and uh, they even showed them cleaning their weapons, which doesn't happen very much, but I'm always pleased when I see that in a movie. Where they're cleaning their weapons. Oh, especially ten years out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the um, uh, there's a bit where somebody's shotgun lands on a click at some point in the film, and when they reveal why it's a click, it's one thing. But for me, I was like, eh, I'm willing to believe a stupid writer trick of this weapon misfiring because it's ten years out and it's yeah. been used and used and used and used. And there's there's just going to be a point where it's going to it's going to fail in a way that you as a user will not be able to fix it. Yeah, because yeah. th things are going to wear smooth, you know. Yeah. Parts, because that's funny. Because uh, the book I'm reading, I'm reading. Uh, I talked about last time. I picked up um, "Some Will Not Die" mm -hmm. by uh, uh, Algis uh, Burgess, and it's. It's apocalyptic, but it's more like uh, it takes place like I think like 30, 40 years after the, it was like a plague that wiped a lot of ma mankind out, and mankind's kind of come together, but like kind of like feudal state type of stuff. Um, and there's one point in the book where they're talking about because it's like like these characters, like there's there's these bandits in the mountains, and they're talking to them, and they're like, because this must be at least 30, 40, 40 years maybe afterwards. And they're talking about how it's like, yeah, their rifles are essentially smooth bores at this point, you know, <laughs> because you know that rifling after 30, 40 years of constant use and not be clean, it's the, the the barrels are worn, you know, were smooth. So I thought that was interesting. So um, anyway, that's just kind of related with the guns. So 
Uh, yeah, so yeah, it was it was good that they showed that. Uh, we won't reveal kind of some of the stuff that happened, but uh, you know, basically they wound up you know holding up someplace, which um, winds up not being a good idea because it creates um, uh, problems for them. Yeah. Not only is it a classic sort of uh, assault on precinct thirteen style siege, right? Yep. Um, there's a couple of things that they do really well. Uh, in this thing, one, um, what the house is makes yes, sense. Correct. Uh, the house, uh, the fact that it hasn't been stripped for wood or there's not people living in it, and th there's certain things down the plot that really I think we can reveal this part of the plot because they, um, they show up the trailer, don't they? Mm, I don't know. All right, all right, you don't want to spoil too much, but, but, there, but, there, but there, basically, there's a house, and the house isn't good. But yeah. the house, the house has a purpose. Yeah, and um, uh, the other thing that worked for me was uh, there's a point where the bad guys have taken a lot of casualties trying to get them, but keep trying. And there's one particular casualty that I was like, okay, now I see why they're not giving up, you know, uh, yeah. or at least why the leader isn't giving up because his uh, he loses somebody in his close family as part of the fight. Uh, unexpectedly and so then it's all this personal shit it's like uh it's not like oh we can just give up and go you know um not the least of which because the at some point you know the bad guys score a, a victory but do you get the impression that the person they killed they couldn't actually do anything with you know because he's sick you know uh, I, I don't want to give away too much, but there's somebody who they, that they could get their, they get their hands on somebody who's sick. Yeah. What can you do with a sick person? Except everybody in the, in the, in the tribe gets his disease. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like, um, I guess kind of like from the walking dead, you know, mm -hmm. the comic entity, the, the TV show like where he was bitten and he's like, yeah, I'm tainted meat. You know, yeah. you, you kind of got, you kind of got that thing going on. Yeah. Um, and also what they give is a loof to his hammer where the first group of cannibals, the army deserters, were all sick at some point. Yeah. Because they ate somebody who was sick. And that's why they end up uh, capturing a doctor and forcing him to go along with them to clear who can be eaten and who can't be eaten. Um, so, um, uh, you know, it's going very badly for our cannibals, but they keep pushing because it's gotten crazy. Personal. It got crazy personal. That... I was willing to believe that, you know, to an extent. Um, and well, I yeah. also was well, yeah, yeah, because it's always that it's that whole. I mean, it's kind of a trope, but it's a real thing. Anytime you get like, okay, the bad guys are going to do X to you, okay, but if you don't let them do X to you and you fuck with them and, and hurt them, then all of a sudden you're you're an asshole and they're going to get you and they're going to follow you to the ends of the earth because yeah. you did this. To them. It's like okay, but you were going to do all that to me. And that's okay, but now I'm doing it to you. It's not okay. And if, if we, if they had escaped from our cannibals without inflicting any casualties, maybe the cannibals would have given up, um, because on on the grounds that ah, how much calories are going to burn. But once they caused casualties amongst the tribe, it was like, you know, they it it, it got it got more and more personal. Um, one of the things I I uh, wanted to point out is that I thought really made sense is. At some point, I mean, we're talking about it's a siege of a house, right? 
it's late in the game that they start lighting the house up with Molotov cocktails, this old drafty wooden house that's just a pile of kindling. Yeah. And there was a good reason why in the movie why they don't burn the house right away. You know, uh, a very good reason. Uh, and I, as a, as a viewer, I was like, oh, of course not. I mean, of course they wouldn't immediately light the house on fire and then just get people when they run out, you know, um, flush them out. This house has a purpose and you light it on fire. That undoes a lot of work. Yep. So it's an, it's an investment and you don't want to, you don't want to get rid of, you don't, you don't want to destroy your investment. Yeah. So I like that there was a reason why they kept in contact, kept fighting, kept the siege up, even though they took casualties. I like that there was a reason why they didn't go straight for fire as an option because the cannibals are the one thing they should have had but didn't was bows and arrows or um, crossbows or something. But they've got a lot of hand weapons, camp axes, machetes, hammers, crowbars they've got uh, homemade spears but they didn't really have any ranged weapons um maybe they didn't have them because the special effects department was afraid they couldn't do arrows really well in the film yeah there, there was a couple times where you saw the special effects were a little it's it's you, not it's not squibs it's it's digital gunshot impacts right yeah but but oh but even blood but but oh again it's a small film very low budget. Low budget, but they did a good job of what they had. It's, you know... Did you notice that when they burned the house, the, the house being on fire was a combination of CGI fire, but actual smoke? Yes. I thought that was a nice touch, uh, or a nice move by the uh, production team, because the smoke is real, and it, it, it provides more believability for the fire. Yeah, because CGI just starts to look totally fake but especially smoke especially smoke on a low budget and uh you're right they had they had no ranged weapons no like even throwing spears bows or something they might have been able to make it's, it's 10 years out now i could see maybe them well again in this country people not having guns especially if a lot of the population's dead um i mean i could see you know maybe because they just ran out of ammo you know because over because over 10 years you know, yeah. if nobody's making it, we've had we've discussed ammunition, guns, and ammunitions on the show at length. Um, if nobody's making new bullets, you know, um, things you know, supplies going to run out eventually. No matter because whatever the chaos was in the beginning of whatever event, people are going to burn through stuff like nobody's business because they're trying to fight and survive. Uh, but when you get two and five and seven and ten years out. Uh, people are a little more conservative because it's like, okay, well, a lot of bullets are gone. They're hard to find now. You know, even though people have hundreds and thousands of rounds stacked up, you got to find it. And you know what? Something sitting in somebody's, uh, you know, house for ten years. You know, how good are the, how good are those bullets going to be? You know, we I think we talked about things unless they're stored in like proper conditions. Mm -hmm. You know, if something's just sitting there in an open house, humidity, moisture, the bullets are not going to be good. You know? well, since, well, since the bad guys had, you know, sort of decided they weren't going to light the house on fire, as a siege, uh, ranged weapons were not their best option um, in a lot of ways, um, simply because it's dark out. They, they come in in the dark, which makes using rifles harder. Uh, it was harder for the defenders to use rifles because they can't see that far. 
nobody's got any flashlights that are worth a damn. I mean, they had like one flashlight in the whole group, right? Yeah, and even that one, yeah, yeah, uh, which, uh, you know, person I would have loved to have seen a hand crank flashlight, you know, rather than one that was operating on batteries. Um, but um, uh, I'm trying to think of like, crossbows would have been cool, um, or uh, spear throwers, like a not waddle. Yeah. But a not waddle is not that great for a siege. Yeah. If they flushed them out of the house, and then those big open fields, I think a not waddle would be really awesome, you know, for, for uh, hitting somebody who's, you know, out in the open or in a field or something like like, like game. But, uh, you know, they could have maybe made crossbows because crossbows are a simple device to make. And especially because you know what you you know what you make the the front part of the bow with, you you find a car with leaf springs and you take one of the leaf springs out and you use yeah. that to make for that you know. Yeah, um, I suspect that some of that might have been a matter of uh, the, the 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 props department did not want to uh, didn't want to deal with the having to CGI arrow flights or something because it wouldn't be safe or they didn't have the budget to like safely you know recreate that. Uh, weapon um the weapon you know none of the weapons in that movie i think i don't i don't think any of them fired blanks i think it was all cgi gunshots so it may have been a matter of safety i don't know um can't be 100 percent sure but uh regardless yeah that was seemed odd that the bad guys didn't have oh you froze up scott well folks scott is frozen right now so he's either going to drop or he's going to come back I, I i don't know so oh it looks like yeah where is he folks no so anyway so scott was saying with the cgi and i get that um i, I get that point with having to uh you know be cost effective with, with that and one thing they did have, uh, as we said, like towards the end here, I'm just uh, hoping Scott will come back at some point. Uh, what 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 will happen is now nah, he is totally frozen. Now what what um like they said they burned they burned yeah, he's coming back in here now. I was I was ah. just I was just I, I was just continuing to talk because you froze up there. So ah well that's what I was doing because you froze up. We'll figure out which one of us <laughs> which one of us actually got recorded. It was probably you. So yeah, I, the primary call, and, and I'm seeing a double. I'm seeing another Scott. I still see your frozen uh, profile there. Yeah, yeah, with his uh, AK-47. I was very pleased to see that the AK-47 still worked ten years after the uh, apocalypse. The one guy had an AK rifle, and I'm like, yes, of course it's still working. It's like that. Uh, it's like that scene in um, uh, uh, Sleeper, the Woody Allen movie, where he gets in the Volkswagen that's 200 years old and it starts up on the first try. Yeah, that's that's the AK. Starts up on the first try. No, I don't want. To. I'm just saying. Oh, I got okay. I got rid of your profile. Other one. Okay, cool. All right. So, um, I was continuing with saying, uh, you know, with the CGI is they had the Molotovs towards the end to create the fire to burn to burn the house. Now, you know, you would think like, well, how do they have gasoline? Because we've had that discussion on the show about fuel, how it goes bad especially after a decade, you know, and I'm sure it's not being manufactured. But if I, 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 I want to say, I, do, do you think that, I think they might've had a still in that 
in that little village they had. I don't know. Yeah, the question about a still is you have to have something to compost. Yeah, that's true and, too. Um, the if you and, and almost anything worth composting to create alcohol has sugar or carbs in it, and that Food. means you could have eaten it. You know, but if they're cannibals, they yeah. might make the choice. Oh, look, we can turn this into booze and be drunk, or use it for an antiseptic, or use it as a weapon. You know, maybe that's more valuable to them at this stage. Because because they're getting their protein from they're getting their you know the pro what would you, what protein would you like on your salad? You know, yeah. oh long pig. You know that yeah. seems that seems to be their choice of sustenance. Um, no matter so, what. So uh, there's a good chance that, uh, yeah, that they just made the decision at that point, oh, a few, you know, pounds of grain or a few pounds of rotted vegetable material, screw it, we'll just compost it and put it in a, put it in a, a, a what do you call it, a sour mash, you know, and, grow, and, and cook it down for alcohol. Because alcohol is super duper useful. Oh, yeah. If we can, sp if you can spare it, alcohol is super useful for cleaning wounds, for uh, uh, painkiller, uh, for you know any number of things, including a weapon. Yep. You know? And that house being so old and you know didn't take a lot. It, it would not take. You do not have to have a a super accelerant to get that bad boy lit up. Not at all. Um, it's a. Uh, it was a cold apocalypse. It was good and chilly. You know, everyone's nice and bundled up, which I quite liked. Uh, 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 nice and gray. Um, combat wasn't ridiculous. I didn't, you know, there wasn't, it was, uh, uh, it really wasn't. Um, all in all, it was pretty well done. And I got to tell you, that ending. Yes. Yeah. There's definitely a, um, look, when I rewatched it, I forgot what exactly would happen like oh that's right you know so um yeah. that ending was good yes uh, i really like that ending because it was maybe it was cynical i don't know but it's like yeah no no there's <laughs> there's no kumbaya okay kids there's oh, no kumbaya well, it, it, it tricked me at first because i watched it i'm like Oh yeah, that's right. Blah 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 blah. Oh no, no, that's right. It's not that. It's something else. Okay, yeah. you know. Bit really super duper happy with that ending. Yeah, good ending. Yeah. But overall, uh, good film. Uh, again, low budget. Uh, not you know major. Are we high... give it a, on a five point scale, do we give it at least a four? Uh, on the post apocalyptic scale, uh, yeah. yeah, I'd give it four mushroom clouds. Yeah, um, it's at least as good as is. It's superior to a lot of stuff that's out there. Um, is uh, it's a yeah, as low budget because most low budget, a lot of low budget stuff gets above itself. It gets too ambitious. It thinks it's going to be Road Warrior or whatever, and this did not get ambitious. It's a story about one twenty-four hour period, and in one location. Well, if people listen to this stuff, and I and I and I usually don't again. I've never been one to follow critics. I've never been one to listen to other people's fucking opinions. Um, but on Rotten Tomatoes, which seems to be the go-to site from now, everybody's like, oh, if Rotten Tomatoes says this, that must be true. Um, it only has a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? That, that's really low then, right? 
Very yeah, very low. That's considered rotten. But there's only but there's only fourteen reviews of it. That's it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's certainly don't think it's that bad. I know what a I know what a twenty nine on a post apocalypse uh, meter looks like, and that's gonna be oh, I don't know. Um, something with the Barbarian Brothers or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, we can or or or, or David Carradine. Yeah. You know. There's going to be any number of bad David Carradine films that it's going to it's going to be like that. Um, no, this is certainly superior to that. Um, and again, it was super low, but it was superior to another Cannibal Fest uh, that came out of the Eight Films to Die For series called Tooth and Nail, uh, which uh, stood out for having um, uh, what's his name, uh, Mike Madsen and Vinnie Jones in it as some of the bad guys. Um, and uh, can't remember who else is it. There's one other actor, the actor who played um, the security guard uh, in the uh, the uh, Dawn of the Dead remake, uh, who's been all over um, who's been all over things like House of Cards. I'm looking him up right now because I should know this guy's name because he's just a you know. Well, I'm reading the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes because again. Just from our years of going to the film festival mm-hmm. and exposure to real amateur and small budget filming, which kind of gives us more tolerance, I think, for you know s- small films, you know, yeah. uh, because a lot of times small films are about the idea, not necessarily you know all the you know not all the uh, freaking Michael um, Bay whiz bang explosions, you know. These rotten. Th- it's just like these these people again. These people have no fucking clue, man. You know. Um, yeah, well, they're, 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 they, they want their, you know, they want their fucking transformers. You know, they want, uh, if it's not, uh, Fury Road, then they don't want to see it, you know, as if, um, you know, that, that just doesn't make any, I don't know. I, yeah. Well, here's one. The film feels unbelievably long at 84 minutes and the color drained handheld cinematographers only as a reminder of just how good Night of the Living Dead really was. Mm, okay. No. Um, it in fact, frankly, it felt fast to me. I was I was uh, worried that because it was low budget, it would feel long. But I didn't get that. I mean, it you know, it was ding, 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 and they you know got to the end of it, and that was the end of it. I was surprised at how not dragged out it felt to me. Yeah. And one other thing I gotta mention that was awesome to me was. When the first guys show up and have, you know, as the bad guys show up, there's a group of four bad guys who turn up at the house while two of the people are out of the house and they get the, they get the drop on the three people who are in the house, right? But because they've somehow messed up and didn't keep track of everybody, right? And it lost track of two and they think there's, they think it's four against three, not five against four. They get wiped out. First team of bad guys gets killed. But the alarm's gone off, and they know that more bad guys are on the way. So uh, our, our really hardcore member of the team cuts the heads off of the dead body of the first team of bad guys. Got to tell this one. And puts them on stakes around the house. And it's like, what's, what's this for? And it's like, just so they'll know who they're fucking with. Just to let the, the guys who live by intimidation, right, who live by terrifying people, know 
that the, they've picked on the wrong fuckers, that they've picked on an equally terrifying group. That was really smart. That was one of the smartest things I remember in that film going, well, if you're badass enough to stomach cut the guy's head off, that will give some people pause. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, like I said, there's a lot of smart things about it. You know, despite somebody saying, glum, poorly acted, and hard on the eyes. The day is a flat feature with few spikes of absurdity that push the production into unintentional camp. Wow. I, wow. I did not see anything campy about that. Yeah. But again, these are people who, Expecting big budget stuff, but no, I, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good film. You know, um, yeah, campy and you know, glum, hard on the eyes. Well, again, you're trying to create a, you know, if it was all bright and colorful, it's hard to convey a bleak world. Yeah, you know, yeah, they needed to make this world look ugly, and they had a budget, so they did it with some filters and they did it with some uh, singular locations. I, for one actually felt physically uncomfortable watching them uh, when it's raining and there's one room in the house that has a leaky roof so that when they're, they're, they're showering in the, in the rainfall. The way that was shot and the way it was cut, I felt like they were taking a dip in ice water. It felt uncomfortable watching them try to wash the grime off, you know, in this ice water. Um, it, that worked for me. I, I was, you know, um, that that absolutely worked for me. But, you know, hey, uh, what can I say? To each their own. Um, we're recommending it. We think you'll get 84 minutes worth of entertainment out of it. Oh, yeah. It's it's a quick film. It's, it's Again, it's a good film. I, I think it's, you know, is it the best film out there? No. Um, but I think it's a solid film. Again, coming from the small pool of apocalyptic films, especially small indie films, you know, it's a good film. You know, I think it conveys, it tells a good story. Uh, I think sure, it's good. Sure, it's a little derivative of the road. A little derivative of the road. Yeah. That's it. That's you the know. worst thing I can say about it. Yeah, like another good film that came out of Canada, which we should do this one too, is, uh, you know, Stakeland. You know? Oh. That's another good one. It did have one, one, like, probably prolonged scene that was totally, like, indie film. Like, there was one scene in the Stakeland that's like, yeah. We're watching an indie film. You know? <laughs> um, the music and the scene, and it's like, yeah, this is a, it, this is suffering from indie film syndrome right here. But um, except for that, again, good film. You know, again, you have to. We should uh, go see Stakeland too. I know. And, I want to see that. And I, we can do them both in one episode because we've gotten, we you know, we've gotten plenty of zombie apocalypses, and nuclear apocalypses, and mutant apocalypses, and viral apocalypses. Vampire apocalypses do not get enough love. Very few, don't. and they did a great job of it. So, all right, we'll put that. We'll put that on our list. I gotta, you know, get uh, Stakeland too. So, all right. Bottom line, folks, um, the day totally, totally worth your time uh, if you're a fan of the post-apocalyptic genre. Yeah. So um, it should be like. I mean, I got it. You know, I got it on. You know, I have it on Blu-ray and DVD. I got it like it. You know, pretty cheap on Amazon at one point. Um, uh, I did not see it on any of the free stuff. Like I didn't see it as a film for on Netflix or Amazon Prime. No, I looked around a free on, movie. on Hulu, Amazon, um, uh, Netflix. Didn't find it there, but it was. It did. I it, it, the first time I saw it was on Netflix. Yeah, it was on there at uh, some point. You know, it's. Um, uh, well, apparently you could. Uh, 
rent it or buy it on Amazon for you know a dollar ninety nine. Oh, five ninety nine. Maybe that's oh, buying. Right? It. Maybe that's buying it. It's um. I thought I could rent it for like two bucks. Uh, iTunes has it for three. Let's see. Um, no, there's no there's no renting it at this point, but you can buy it for like. Um, let me see more purchase options here. Hold on. You can buy the standard edition for. Um, Five ninety nine, or buy it for seven ninety nine digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, it's um, if you have Shutter on Amazon, you know, uh, you know, oh, it's like yeah, a, their their new horror, their her new horror thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 on Shutter. Um, so th- there there are ways to get it. You know, I'm looking to see if it's um, physical copy of it. What what it's uh, what it's sold so, for. The um you could you could you could get the you could get the DVD for uh seven ninety seven on Amazon Prime. If you have right. Prime three to you get it for eight, you get it for under ten bucks, you could buy it digitally for under ten bucks, or you could just try to find it to rent somewhere. But it's 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 cheap enough, you know. You know, when it comes to uh cannibals, I mean they're a classic trope of uh the post apocalypse. Um they're also a classic trope of horror films in general. Um uh, whether it's the uh, Hills Have Eyes or it's a uh, Bone Tomahawk or um, it's uh, the Sawyer family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Cannibals turn up a lot as one of those things that everyone agrees is scary and horrible. There's very few cultures that are cool with cannibalism in any format. Um, I was just before the show, I was wondering what are the other tropes or what are the other things that like, are like the big taboos of most societies. And I was thinking cannibalism is a big one. Um, It is not a big, lots of societies keep articles of the dead around, like the skulls of your enemies or uh, the bones of saints or, you know, um, uh, things like that. That shit happens all the time in cultures, but nobody likes the idea of cannibalism. Everyone thinks that, uh, most everyone thinks Incest is gross, right? And that you shouldn't do that. Most cultures have bans on that. And so incest shows up in horror a lot. And um, uh, while cultures will permit headhunting or, or uh, pieces of a saint, like a finger bone of a saint or keeping a body uh, you know, of a saint or something like that, or keeping an enemy's head as a trophy or something, um, necrophilia is right out. Necrophilia is one of those things that is a way of uh, defiling the dead that most societies are super um, opposed to, like universally. Um, and um, I was just trying to figure out, are there any other big tropes that, you know, sort of relate to, and I'm beginning to wonder if they all relate to, you know, a lot of them relate to the treatment of the dead, you know? Yeah. Treating the dead badly is something that a lot of cultures if you're treating the bed dead badly, there's a message, you know, like you turning somebody's head into a goblet, you know, the skull into a drinking vessel. That's that's a big fuck you to the people that you defeated. Yeah. Um, and um, so, or or not burying the dead, letting people just lay out in a field and be, you know, let the coyotes or vultures get them. Um, I was just wondering what other the big sort of uni- almost universal taboos besides incest cannibalism um necrophilia that's a big one uh 
but I was uh, trying to come up with like a, a third one or sorry, a fourth one of like, you know, sort of universally accepted. Like if you took a, uh, a, a Viking and you put them next to an Apache, they'd both go, yeah, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think you've hit the big ones, you know, especially with the dead, you know, the dead also translates to, you know, the treatment of uh, ancestors, you know, yeah. they're, you know, a lot of cultures are big on that with like disrespecting your ancestors, you know, which again relates to all tying into, you know, treatment of the dead. Yeah. And ultimately into some form, some, something about religion, you know, yeah. Um, and the afterlife, um, you know, I'm trying to remember cause yeah, lots of cultures let you leave babies out. That shocks me that when it comes to like children born with, with a bad sign, like if they're born with a cowl over their head or a birthmark, lots of cultures go, Whoa, bad juju. You got to leave the baby out in the wilderness and, and expose them to the elements. Lots of cultures do that. European, ancient European cultures, uh, uh, older central and South American cultures, lots of cultures do that. Um, which is weird. It's like they're willing to be meaner to an infant than they are to a dead body. You know, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no one's as no one's as angry about you know, like. But of course, exposing an infant's about uh, avoiding a supernatural problem, generally speaking. You know? Which again goes back to religion. Yeah, yeah. It's about uh, avoiding a problem rather than anything else. But, um, uh, but regardless. Just wondering if there's anything else that turns up in um, post-apocalyptic stuff, because cannibalism is one of our big fears. It's one of our big taboos. And so when societies break down and the rules of society disappear, the things that we're most afraid of, cannibalism, uh, you know, uh, uh, murder, uh, not being secure in any of your self or your things, rape, you know, um, those are the things that we suddenly become really afraid of in those environments. Or just being neglected and abandoned and having people just walk past you and let you die, you know, because you broke your leg or you're not worth feeding today or something. I don't know. Just I, because the film was about cannibals, it sort of made me thinking about what are the other sort of taboos that we've, um, that have become elements of post-apocalyptic stories. I suddenly think about um, the rover and think, that story was literally about how we treat the dead. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that was a story about a guy who was goddamn serious about treating the important people in his life, you know, With looking respect. after them after they're dead and nothing was going to stand in his way <laughs> to get there. Anyways. But Let's I, we should wrap this up. Yeah, we, we wrap it up. Yeah, we're, you know, we'll save this for an off-topic show. We'll, we'll just talk for hours. So. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, folks, the dead, if you get your hands on it, it's probably just on YouTube. You can, you can find it, you know, uh, I looked, I looked at the trailers are there. I did not see it on YouTube. Oh, huh, surprising. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's there. You can get it cheap. You know, if you want to invest it, if you want to invest in it, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's pretty, it's, you know, it's reasonable. Uh, or I'm sure people go to torrent sites or whatever. So, uh, worth your time. All right. So that's, that's the, that's the day folks. Um, uh, we definitely won't have another show before the end of the year. Um, Merry yeah. Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Solstice, um, uh, whatever else is out there. Um, happy, happy end of the fourth fiscal quarter. I guess that's the thing you say. Yeah, I guess. So, uh, so you know, happy holidays, everybody. Happy New Year. Um, they said, like, we're not going to get it before the holidays, you know, because, you know, Scott's got shit going on. I got shit going on. 
maybe we'll do maybe we'll do something as Scott theoretically will be coming to Florida sometime in January. Yeah, last half of January, and uh, looks like I'm going to be back in April too. Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to be speaking of treating the dead well. I will be interring my father uh, from his urn and putting him in a resting place with his parents down in Sarasota. And so the family is going to get together and do that in April. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, his parents are in Sarasota, huh? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's where they retired. That's where my uh, grandmother passed away. And when my grandfather died in uh, New Orleans, they brought him back. They had a. a <laughs> uh, they had. They had invested money in their local Catholic church. They had given a fair amount of money, and so they had a a place in the wall of the of the uh, of of the uh, burial yard that they could right there in the church where they uh, where their uh, ashes were interred, like like Medici's or something, you know, giving money to a cathedral so they could be buried in it. Well, they do that like. Uh... My grandmother was in a in a she was cremated and put in a on a wall like in a into it's a um there was a Jewish cemetery where they you know they did that so well if you want to get into we won't get the technicalities of like you're not supposed to cremate you're supposed to anyway um I'm pretty sure if there's a second coming God's gonna figure out how to bring us back from ashes yeah I've always been a little weirded out by he's omnipotent. But he can't bring you back if you're ashes. <laughs> well, no, no, it's whatever practices. So anyway, so yeah. Scott, Scott will be down in January. You know, we're uh, we might we might try to do something. You know, uh, record together there if we don't do yeah. something beforehand. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think. Uh, Scott needs to pick up a copy of uh, Dust because I, I finished Dust. So we're going to review Dust once once he uh, reads his copy because I did I read Dust so we can finish off the trilogy. Um, what else? Uh, we'll think of something to do. We might do just an off-topic show, just to kind of just you know get around Robin. Maybe I'll get some friends of the apocalypse on, and yep. uh, we will. Uh, oh, we can go back to Stakeland. We can go uh, talk about uh, now that you've you, you've got. Um, I've seen Train to Busan now. Which yeah, you've already seen. Yeah, <laughs> you see, girl with all the gifts, and I'd be interested in getting a comparison between these two very modern apocalyptic zombie movies. One at the beginning. And one 10 years after, because that's what Girl with All the Gifts is. It's 10 years down the line minimum since it, it started. Okay. I think, I think you'll be interested. Yeah, I think I think that's actually on Am either Netflix or Amazon. I, um, so I've seen, yeah. it, I've seen it on one of them, so I'll watch it. Yeah, and Trade Basan's good. So, yeah, we got plenty of material, folks. We'll get something, uh, we'll get something together soon. You know, maybe me and Scott will go down to, uh, when he's here, we'll go down to Mount Dora and... Um, oh, yeah, check out the... For um, the home of uh, uh, Last Babylon. Yeah, or maybe I'll reread that, and we could maybe uh, do a Last Babylon and get maybe do it from location or something. We'll we'll figure something out, folks. So anyway, so uh, thanks for joining us uh, as always. And again, uh, because I you know I posted about the changes, how I'm not Facebook events. I'm just posting everything from the blog. So if you follow social media, you'll see. All, if you follow Twitter, you follow Facebook, you'll see all the posts I do off the blog. Um, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You will get a ping. You know, survive. Hopefully, because they, again, they're changing all their algorithms. But the surest way to know what the hell's going on is if you go to you know podcastacronzero.com on the right column towards the top. There is a subscribe to this blog via email. Okay, so there's already uh, like three hundred something, three hundred fifty something people already did that. So just fill up, put your email, 
There's no spam. It's just you just get when I post. So yeah, we're not selling you anything. <laughs> yeah, not yet, not yet. Uh, so just put your email in and subscribe. So anytime I post to the blog, you'll get an email to say, "Hey, there's a show coming up. Here's some interesting facts. Here's this. Here's that." So that way you're sure to get the information because Facebook now buries stuff. You know, unless you're paying them for your posts to come up. YouTube's yeah. doing the same shit. So, but definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel because then at least you'll know when you get stuff and subscribe on the blog so you'll get those posts. So that way you're going to be assured to get that information. And iTunes for at least the new shows. I'm uh, several episodes behind converting to put up the audio. I will try to do that in the next couple of weeks so at least I'll get caught up on that so you can find it all in uh, iTunes. But regardless, again, Merry, Merry New Year, everybody. And, uh, we will see you uh, in the future. We'll see you in, in the, fu the future. We'll see. We will see you guys next time. So again, um, Jared, he's Scott. We thank you for joining us as always, and uh, we'll see you in the wastelands. Good night. Good night.